You know, those lyrics uh, that he is perfect in all of his ways uh, for that, in that song, Good, Good Father. I'll confess this to you, and I confess this for all the dads I know. When we talk about fatherhood, I have not met a single dad that has ever said, you know what, I did a perfect job. Uh, I, I think I, I'm, I'm awesome at being a dad. I think that we all strive towards being the best dad that we can be, but full confession to everybody watching and listening, most likely if, if your father, dad, dad figure in your life, you were to talk to them and, and get them in a moment where they're just being really real and vulnerable, they will tell you that they never feel like they do it well. They never feel like I'm really being a good dad. I'm striving to be a good dad, but but it always just don't feel like I'm doing it the right way. It's, it's kind of a sad thing to think about, but I think it's because as dads, I think we always feel like we struggle walking that tightrope, like, hey, we want to be a provider, so we work a lot, but then we also want to be there for our families, and sometimes those two conflict, um, and you know, just trying to do the right thing, and sometimes doing the wrong thing, and I, I think a lot of dads out there probably feel like, man, I hope, they're just kind of saying, I, I kind of hope I did a good job, but I want to, I want to tell you this, dads, if that's you, and you're hearing this, and you're watching this right now, I want, I want you to know, just by being who you are and being there, that's everything. It really is. As I think about what the, the, the best way to be a dad is, is just a model, just a model for your family and for the people around you, what it means to be a, a person who follows Christ. It's not as hard as we think it is. Now, I did decide, I was trying to decide what to wear today, and I, I dug up a really, really old shirt that says, World's Greatest Dad. I'm pretty sure uh, my wife and kids got this for me forever ago. The reason I know it's really old is, one, it's in this special box where I keep shirts that I only wear when I'm doing yard work or mission trip work. And so I, I usually mow in this shirt. Now, the other reason I know it's really old is it actually fits me well. It's a medium, which and it's old. So that means that was back when I wore a medium-sized shirt before I gained weight and couldn't wear a medium shirt, and now since way since then I've actually lost that weight and can wear it again, and it's not tight. That's how I know how old this shirt is. Plus, there's a stain on the back. But anyway, uh, I, I wore this shirt because I just uh, I want to I want to capture in my mind, and I want to I want to sort of plant it in your mind how simple it is to change the world. To how simple it is to make a difference. I want to read to you a passage that's actually the most memorized passage of the Bible. What, what passage do you think that is? I bet most people probably think it's John 3.16. You know, I would, I would think that would be the most memorized verse in the Bible. Or uh, for those who had to maybe uh, be in Bible school or a Sunday school class and you got candy for memorizing a Bible verse, hopefully you discovered John eleven thirty five, 35, which says Jesus wept. Hopefully that's something you discovered so you can get your free candy. But uh, that you would think might be the most memorized Bible verse. But the most memorized passage of the Bible is in Deuteronomy 6. It's an old, old ancient scripture. And it's known as the Shema. Uh, that is what it's called. Now that's a Hebrew word that means hear or listen. Really, if you were to translate it into modern English, it would probably be listen up. 
Pay attention is probably a good way to uh, translate the word Shema. But these are words that were memorized by Jewish children that the moment a a child was born, uh, the parents were reading this passage to them. It was a big, big deal in Jewish families. And because of that, if you were to literally go back from the beginning of Scripture till now, you would find that this is the most memorized Scripture. I want to read it for you. Uh, Starting in verse 4 of Deuteronomy 6, it says, Hear, O Israel, now here is actually Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, I'm going to give you three things that you can do to change your home. And by changing your home, you can change the world. And here's the thing. These are so simple. And literally anyone can do this. And this isn't just for dads. These are for dads, for moms, grandparents, children. doesn't matter who you are. You can do this. Here they are. First, Change your home by, one, loving God a lot. Two, telling stories about God and you. And three, decorating your home with your faith. Let me read them again. Change your home by loving God a lot, by telling stories about God and you, and by decorating your home with your faith. Everyone can do this. Kids You can do this. These are things you can absolutely do. You want to make a difference in the world right now? Just love God a lot. Just love God a lot. Uh, Everyone can do this. And I think that that's, when you look and read this passage, okay, this is the most important thing that you must know in your home. This is the most important thing you must know as a child. This is the most important thing you must know as a parent, as siblings. Love God with everything. That's it. That's the most important thing, and that's why it's the most memorized passage of Scripture. You know, way later on, when Jesus came and walked this earth, people would often ask him, what's the most important commandment? And he would quote the Shema, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. That's the most important thing you can do. If you really want to make a difference in the world, if you really really want to live out your purpose, if you want to be a good child, a good dad, a good sibling, a good grandparent, if you want to do any of that right, just love God a lot. I love the simplicity of that. But also, and it says in that passage, to, to talk about these things when you're sitting, when you're lying down, when you're walking, just in the normal rhythms of life, talk about God and yourself. Tell those stories of God and you. I was uh, reminiscing about this, and I remember one time being in the car with my kids, and I don't know where we were driving. This has been many years ago. They were smaller. And I remember telling them a story about how I got in trouble. Well, boy, they loved that story. And I remember hearing either Molly or Cameron one say, Dad, tell another story about when you got in trouble. And I thought, man, they love these stories. Why do they love these stories? 
And it turns out we all love those stories. That's, that's why sometimes the news feeds uh, that are a little bit gossipy, we kind of lean into that. Like we want to hear the story about what happened to this person. Oh, what did they do? What did they do? But I think it's more powerful than that, especially when it comes to our parents. We love hearing how, well, they struggle too. Uh, they're real people just like me. And sometimes as a, as a dad, I wanted to hide that from my kids. I wanted them to think I was awesome and knew everything and that they could just, you know, listen to what I say and things would go well. Uh, but the truth is, is what they needed most from me was just to be real, just to be who I was, just to, to share the stories. Yeah, I messed up too and I got in trouble too. And, and this, this was the consequences of what I went through. And, and then, then, but look, it's okay. It's okay. And there's so many stories like that. When you really tell the stories of God and you, when you think about those stories, most of my God and me stories are stories just like that, where I messed up and I made a mistake and I, I cried out to God and wondered if he would still accept me and forgive me and love me. And, and of course he does and how he transformed my life and, and grew me through what I went through. You need to tell those stories. I don't care if you're a child, a sibling, a parent, a mom, a dad, a grandparent. You have so many stories to tell. And when you tell those stories just in the rhythms of life, you don't have to make it like, okay, I'm going to schedule this two-hour meeting. All right, dinner around the table. Are we going to have a family meeting so I can tell you a story? Sometimes that isn't really as effective as just while you're just hanging out, while you're just doing what you do. Um, you know, go, go for a walk. You know, there's a lot of us out walking these days because there's not a lot else we can do. Just tell the stories of God and you. I like this one. I like this idea of decorating your home with your faith. And I'm not going, let me just pause for a moment and say, I don't believe that the Bible in that passage is teaching like, well, the most important thing you can do is put a bunch of Jesus bumper stickers on your car and, and hang some really creepy photos of Jesus that probably don't really look like what he looked like all over your house. Uh, that may be kind of weird, and it may actually drive people away from not wanting to visit you. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But I like how it talked about, you know, tie them as symbols around you and mark them on your door frames in that passage. I didn't really think about that till now, but when I look around my house and how we decorate, it says a lot about us. In my room that I've been using as my study, and I've been in there a whole lot during this quarantine season, and I look around the room, well, you can tell very quickly what's most important to me, what, what matters in my life. There's a lot of UK, Kentucky Wildcat stuff hanging. I literally, this is sad, I literally save these really fancy coffee boxes that hold coffee from Carabello because they're kind of pretty and I think they're cool looking so I save them and I've got them on my bookshelf um, you know I've got little bibs that I save for races I've run in and I've got those hanging on the wall so just by looking around in that room you'll say well I know what's important to him and I got to thinking about that I thought hmm, I hope that that's not the most important thing I hope that people don't think that is all that's important to me. I hope that's not the case. And I kind of looked around the house uh, this week, and my wife, she is a wonderful homemaker. She loves making our house really, really feel like home so that when anybody were to walk into our house, they would just feel at home. And I just noticed, I take it for granted because I'm used to seeing it, but as I was walking around from room to room, I saw words like blessed. I saw grateful. I saw the word Jesus hanging on our wall. I, I saw 
the word song or sing hanging on our wall. Um, and it just reminded me of this passage like, yeah, these are important things to us to be reminded that we love. I saw the word love. I saw the word family. These are things that matter to us. And whether we realize it or not, how we decorate our lives, maybe is a better way to put it, it shows. What's the, what's the most important thing in your life? It's going to show by how you decorate your life. It, you know, I, I ask this question a lot of families, especially families I don't know well, um, and, and they have had a death in their family, but they've asked me to come and uh, speak at the funeral and, and, and officiate. I, I will often ask, so if you could tell the world one thing, one thing about your loved one, what would you want them to know? And, and I ask that question because I want to hear the answer, and I love getting people to talk about someone they care about that has passed away. But also it helps me to be able to know maybe some personal things to share in the message that I will write. But I've been uh, surprised at how, you know, sometimes, no judgment, but sometimes it's hard for people to come up with an answer to that question. Sometimes they may say something like, well, they, they love... They love Kentucky Wildcats, go Big Blue, and maybe that's it. And you know, there have been times when I've had that experience and had those conversations, and I can find myself thinking, oh my goodness, I hope that when my life ends, that if someone were to ask Cameron or Molly that question, that they, the only thing they can come up with was, man, he really loved coffee, or he was running, he was running, he loved to run, he loved to run, coffee, go big blue, and that's it. I hope that they, they come up with something else that's even more important than that. Now, I'm not saying in order to make sure that that happens, you need to go redecorate your house necessarily. What I think at the core of that is, is that when people look around your house, when they look around in your life, what's just there to see reveals what's most important to you. Really, it comes down to going back to the very first thing we mentioned that is mentioned in the Shema, is love God a lot. When you love God a lot, it changes everything else. Here on Father's Day, I've been thinking of my dad a lot today, and I love him so much. And he and I have had some amazing conversations over the years. I literally watched my dad change. He didn't start following Jesus till I was in college. And I remember back before I left to go to college, I remember um, wanting so badly to tell him the gospel of Jesus. And I had to work up a lot of courage to do it. And we had this conversation in my living room. And Dad literally said, uh, I don't want that right now. I, I, I like my life the way it is, and I don't want to change. And I thought, that's a really honest answer. And I appreciated the honesty of that. I probably would, was not the answer I wanted to hear because I wanted to hear him say, yes, I want to pray right now and place my faith in Jesus. Thanks for sharing that with me. That would have been great news. Uh, that would have been awesome. But that wasn't the moment that I got. But I remember him telling me when he walked down and talked to the pastor of his church that he was attending and asked him, do, do you think that God could even forgive me? It's like the best question you could ever ask someone who follows Jesus. Are you kidding me? That's what our Father does. This Heavenly Father who's perfect, He forgives no matter what. And He loves you unconditionally. And He's just waiting for you to draw near to Him. He's drawn near to you already. He's just waiting for you to draw near to Him. And I watched my dad change. Like, 
just even be more loving than ever before and more affectionate than ever before and saying the words I love you even more than before. And it's been awesome to watch that. It, that's how you make a difference, guys, is you just, you just love God a lot. It just, just tell the stories of God in you. Just, just tell those stories. And then, honestly, take an inventory of your decor. Uh, it, it, does it reveal what's most important to you? And, and does Jesus show up in that at all? Does he show up in that? I hope it does. We've been talking about these two weekly summer goals uh, for the past several weeks. Let someone else speak into your life and give some of your life to someone else. Two things. If you do that every week, like humble yourself enough to let someone know what you're going through and let them give you wisdom or just pray for you about that or, or take time to just give some of your life to someone else. Be the deployed church. To just, just bless someone in some way. I want to zoom into it and get really specific with those two weekly summer goals and give you this next step to consider and it's this. Give some of your life to someone else under your roof this week. And maybe you've been doing that already, but be very intentional about that. Maybe you do a date night with your kid. I remember getting to do that with my kids. They're a lot older now, and we don't do that as much as we used to, but those were such good times of just me taking one of my kids, and we go do something together, and we would have good talks and have a good time together. Uh, go for a walk and just talk about things you're dealing with, things you're feeling, and things you can pray for each other about. Maybe you do that with your spouse or with your child. You know, you can actually do some of the things we've talked about doing with neighbors. You can do it in your home. You know, we talk about doing door ditching, where you leave something encouraging at someone's door, knock and leave. Well, you could do that in your home. You can leave a note of encouragement on someone's pillow in your home or something like that. You know, we talk about, you know, uh, decorating your home with your faith. You could just hang up a Bible verse somewhere. Um, I don't know, maybe you like to go shopping and there's some great wall art at Kirkland's and Kohl's that talk about faith. Or you, maybe you go out as a family and say, let's, you know, we, people were walking in our house. They wouldn't know how important God is to us. So let's add something to our decor. And these are just things you could do. But give some of your life under your roof this week. I want to close with this. You can't lead your family where you've never been. You can't lead your family where you've never been. And I'm probably going to get really specific with the men who are watching and listening to this today. From, a, from one man to another, if you really, really want to make a difference in your home and in the world, love God a lot. Have faith in Him. Trust in Him. Follow Jesus. Be a Jesus follower. That's it. If you do it, everybody around you will see that you're doing it, and it will make a change. It will have a ripple effect in your home, in your family, and in the world around you. We need men who are willing to courageously walk with Jesus. You can't lead your family or anyone else where you've not been yourself. And you may be watching this and listening and saying, well, well that really stinks because I don't feel like well, then what? I can't make a difference then because I'm not there. I'm not there. I want to invite you to start there. I want to invite you to start a walk with Jesus, to start a love relationship with the Heavenly Father.
And I know a lot of dads I've talked to, and they're hard stories to hear. Hearing my own dad and hearing my father-in-law talk about their relationship with their dads, and they loved their dads, but let me just tell you, they weren't really nurtured well by their dads, and it's heartbreaking to hear those stories. And maybe part of your struggle is like, I don't even know how to engage God. Part of that might be because of the relationship we have with your earthly father. We often project how we feel about our earthly fathers onto the heavenly father. I want to just tell you this. The heavenly father is a good, good father as we sing about. He made you. He loves you. He died for you. And he wants to be with you forever. And he's not stopping. He's been pursuing you and pursuing you and pursuing you. If you want to make a difference in your home and in the world, stop right now and turn and follow him starting today. That's called repenting. Stop and say, that's it. I'm done. I'm done doing life the way I've been doing it. I'm going to turn my life completely around by giving my old life to God and letting him give me new life starting today. You can do that. I don't care if you're a dad, a mom, a child, a sibling, whoever you are. You can do that right now. So as I pray, you talk to the Father too and begin a new journey of faith with him. Let's pray. Oh Lord, I come before you now thanking you that you are this amazing dad that wants to reparent us, that wants to scoop us up and hold us. You, you say through your son Jesus, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you. Lord, I believe that is you as the Father saying, just come let me have you. Will you let go of all this other stuff and let me have you? Lord, right now, as those who might be watching or listening have heard your Holy Spirit just drawing them, maybe right now they're finally saying, okay, I'm done. I am done living life the way I think is best and instead I want to follow you, Jesus I need you. I need you to be my heavenly father, oh God. I need you. Lord, as they cry out to you, may they know the promise of your word, Romans 10, 13, that says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, may they cry out to you and say, Jesus, save me. I want to be your child forever, starting today. And Lord, help them to know what your word promises. Whosoever believes in you will not perish, but will have everlasting life that your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh Lord, we thank you for being a God who forgives like that and who renews our lives and gives us brand new life in you. Lord, thank you for that now. And thank you for those who've called upon your name right now and have begun a new journey of faith right now. May they know that from this day forward, they are adopted by their heavenly father and you will never let them go from this point on. Lord, I thank you for that and I pray it and ask it in the name that is above all names, the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you prayed and took that next step with Jesus today, we want to know because we want to encourage you. We want to equip you in every way. We promise we won't stalk you. Maybe just a little bit of stalking, but not a whole lot of stalking. Text the word STEP, S-T-E-P, to our landline, 859-356-3162. 
text that right now so that we can know that you took a step of faith with Jesus today. This is only the beginning of a brand new life in him. He's got big things in store for you. He's going to grow you and shape you. He's going to carve out some some junk in your life. That's not always fun, but he's going to replace it with all that he wants you to become. And it's going to be an amazing journey. We want to pray for you and equip you in every way as you do that. Guys, I hope that you have a great rest of your Father's Day. We love you. We miss you. July 5th is coming two weeks from the day. We'll have people right here on this campus, and we can't wait. But until then, let's continue to be the deployed church and let God use you right where you are.